DJ on the JD, the Daily Journal's legal education podcast. I'm your host, Lyle Moran. The sharp rise in law school applications this year, known as the Trump bump, has drawn plenty of attention in legal academia. When all was said and done with the most recent admissions cycle, the number of applicants was up 8.1%. Our first episode focused on the potential factors driving the trend, such as the flurry of legal action involving the Trump administration and campaign. This episode features my conversations with two students who are part of the influx entering law school. Both are UCLA School of Law 1Ls who are passionate about politics, but on opposite ends of the political spectrum. They also had very different journeys leading up to their decisions to apply and enroll in law school. Joining me first is Alberto de Diego Carreras. The 30-year-old grew up in Puerto Rico before moving to Los Angeles for college. He graduated from the University of Southern California with a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree and initially pursued a career in acting. It was not until several years later that Alberto, who was a Democrat, began considering law school. Alberto, thanks for speaking with me. Absolutely. My pleasure. Alberto, what industry were you working in before you decided to go to law school? So I was working as an actor in the entertainment industry, principally on network television. I did some independent film work and some commercial work as well, but mostly in television. Were you feeling fulfilled by that work? I did for some time, and I definitely thought I would uh, going into it. I had a great love for it at one point, and then once I started doing it professionally, I, I think several things started to happen, and amongst them the disconnect or contrast between what I was doing and some of the things that I found myself caring more and more about with respect to what was going on in the world and in the country, that contrast just became greater and greater. And that just started to make me feel less and less fulfilled by the work that I was doing as as time went by. What were those things that you started to feel a bit more passionate about? Well, issues across a broad spectrum, really. Issues of race and gender, for instance, ranging from immigration to reproductive rights, etc. And more generally, I think just the overall state of political discourse in this country, you know, just the, the nature of conversation across the political divide, which I think is easy to see is uh, fraught at the moment. Alberto, I understand you developed an interest in social justice work. What sparked that interest? Well, I I would say it was a combination of some of what I just said, um, as well as the fact that I I grew up in a household with two parents who had a very profound sense of justice and fairness. My my father was actually an attorney, is an attorney himself, a civil litigator. And my mother, although not an attorney, was somebody who had a very profound sense of fairness. She was probably the most honest person I've ever met, and she had this sort of beautifully impeccable moral compass. And... uh, and again, just a, a profound sense of justice that I think more than I even realized at the time really imbued in me a similar orientation in that sense. And that's manifested itself in my life in various ways throughout the years. I've I've sought out various uh, volunteering opportunities and I've traveled for it at times. I volunteered after the earthquake in Haiti in 2010. And I've just always had this inclination to help wherever I can, whenever I can. And so I think those things combined with the upheaval that became apparent in our in our country in the last few years really galvanized me to, to get involved in that sphere of social social justice. When was it that you decided you should apply to law school? Yeah, so it, it was really about two or three years ago that the idea kind of 
started to percolate in, in my mind and then just grew more and more prevalent as time went by. And there was, you know, a direct correlation there to what was going on with respect to uh, the election campaigns and then the election itself. And, you know, the election was, was certainly sort of a kind of final catalyst that, uh, that uh, made me decide that that was what I wanted to do. And I mean, the, the way that that ended up happening in, in actuality was, was kind of cool. It's a bit of a sappy story, but I, I do some climbing and mountaineering on my free time. And I was climbing a mountain in South America with my father shortly, very shortly after the election had just happened. And uh, so it was my first time being even slightly removed from everything that was going on in our country. And I had spent two or three years contemplating this idea of, of getting involved in some way and potentially by going to law school. And I remember summiting the mountain with my father after about two or three weeks of climbing and being up at the summit, looking out over the Andes. And it was incredibly quiet and incredibly serene. And I think that, that having that sort of distance from from it all uh, translated into a, a, a moment of great clarity where I just thought, you know, this has been on my mind for two or three years and, uh, and this is what I should do. And so I resolved right then and there to, uh, to start studying for the LSAT the moment I got back to, uh, to the States. Uh, and, and I did, I got off the mountain and traveled back to Los Angeles and began my LSAT prep uh, process and my application process. Were there specific actions the Trump administration took that especially motivated you to pursue law school? Yeah, I think it's a little hard in hindsight now for me to discern specific examples because so much has happened since then, since he's been president, that I think it's harder to some of the things that are coming to mind are things that I know have happened uh, since he was elected and my my final decision uh, kind of taken partly before he he was finally elected and partly after so but you know i think many of the things that he said and did throughout the course of the campaign uh some of the audio tapes that came out and all these things and his you know blatantly racist uh remarks towards certain communities and and seeing how all that was happening and and yet uh, he was still in the running in a very serious way, and then seeing that transition into his actual presidency, and then everything that has come since then, be it uh, be it the Muslim ban or uh, his thoughts on immigration and the wall and all these things. Uh, there's a lot of things. I mean, you know, it's it's hard to to point to specifics because I think they get kind of lost in the in the milieu of uh, things that have happened since he was elected. As someone of Puerto Rican descent, what impact, if any, did how the federal government handled the aftermath of Hurricane Maria have on your decision to go to law school? Yeah, it, it didn't have an impact on my decision. At that point, I was already well into my uh, like essay writing process and, and sending out my applications and all that. So at that point, I was I was firmly committed to, to the idea. Um, but, you know, I mean, it just, like many other things, just reiterated uh, the reasons for my decision. You know, I, I can't say that I was surprised by any of it. I think that it was uh, just very much in, in the vein of what I've come to expect from the administration. So 
I wasn't shocked. Uh, it was generally a, a lethargic response, and there was this sort of insistence on minimizing the, the gravity of, of the event, but none of that surprised me. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I would just, I, I kind of categorize it uh, the same way that I categorize many other things that um, that either preceded my decision or have followed my decision, and that in aggregate consists of, of the reasons why I'm doing this in the first place. Alberto, what areas of the law are you most interested in studying in law school? I'm keeping myself fairly open-minded at this stage because I think that it would be a little foolish to to walk into law school with ideas that are that are too concrete or too specific or too set in stone about what you want to do because the reality is none of us actually know the law before we go to law school. That's why we go to law school. So I'm keeping myself open-minded, but certainly immigration law is something that I'm really interested in doing and anything surrounding refugee law or asylum, and these are many of the things that I'm really interested in exploring while I'm here at UCLA and incredibly well positioned for that at UCLA because UCLA has such a great public interest program and it has such so many different kinds of opportunities in the ways of clinics and uh, upper, upper division courses that pertain to many of those subjects. So those are the things that I'm most eager to explore. Why are you so passionate about immigration law and related issues? You know, it's a good question. I, I grew up in Puerto Rico, and I, I moved to California when I was 18. So I've had the experience of moving from one distinct culture to another, but I haven't had the experience of being an immigrant because Puerto Rico, of course, is, is part of the United States. So moving from Puerto Rico to a state can have cultural sort of a – it can have – I don't think it did too much in my case, but it can have some, some sort of like shock – factor for some people but it but it certainly doesn't entail going through any kind of immigration process so i think it gives me an understanding of what it's like to you know grow up in a different place with a different culture and a different language and and uh come here to this country to uh to pursue whatever you want to pursue and and i think having moved specifically to california and living in los angeles where there are in fact a lot of immigrants and you know you can't you can't go out in California or in Los Angeles specifically and, and do things like going to restaurants or bars or, or anything and not come into contact constantly with people who have gone through those harrowing journeys across the desert to get from Mexico to California or to the United States. And, you know, I just I just know from uh, this is obviously anecdotal because it's, it's my experience. I'm not relying on statistics here, but I know from my experience that that every one of those people I've ever met uh, have not been criminals. They've not been rapists. They've not been any of these things that the president sort of categorically, you know, refers to them as. So I think that's made me, you know, feel kind of strongly about it. It, it just feels like one of the most pressing issues of our of our time, and there's so many misconceptions around it that I think if, if I can do something to uh, to help in that respect, I'd like to. I know it is early in the semester, but are you feeling at this point you made the right decision to attend law school? Oh, absolutely. It's actually been one of the most reaffirming experiences I've ever had because, you know, I was feeling pretty strongly about it, strongly enough to, to really take the plunge and, and go for it. So I felt I felt reasonably certain, but, you know, it's hard. It's still a big move, and you have no idea what 
what uh, being in law school is actually going to be like until you start it, and it's a big uh, time and a financial commitment. So, so of course, I think that I think that no matter no matter how reasonably certain you feel going into it, there is always some part of you that is a little bit tentative. You know, it's still still ha- still wondering, uh, man, did I make the right move here? Is this really gonna gonna be a good fit for me? And I think that question's only answered once you actually start. And as you said, I'm only two weeks in, so uh, we'll see if I continue singing to this tune, although I think I will. But in the last two weeks, which has been a one week of orientation and then one week of class, I've just felt like it fits like a glove in so many different ways. I'm enjoying it more than I even thought I would, and I really thought I, I was going to enjoy it quite a bit. So I think it's going to be a lot of hard work and and it's, it's you know it's going to be a big commitment and it'll be taxing at times but it's uh, work that I think I'm going to enjoy doing which is a good position to be in. Alberto, thanks for your time. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. Joining me next is Alberto's UCLA School of Law classmate Tyler Fields. The 24-year-old Redlands, California native did his undergraduate work at Boston University. He studied political science and finance, graduating in 2016. Tyler, who was heavily involved in the 2016 election on the Republican side, went on to work in the Trump White House. He left his post there to attend law school. Tyler, thanks for speaking with me. Wow, thank you. I appreciate the time. Tyler, can you talk about some of the work you did during the 2016 election? Yeah, so during the 2016 election, I worked for the Republican Party, the Republican National Committee, that's sort of Republican headquarters, if you will, um, in a number of different capacities. I started off while I was finishing up my senior year. I worked or contracted with them to travel around to a few of the different debate sites and staff several of the primary presidential primary debates um, in that capacity. And then I worked a little bit with the Massachusetts Republican Party as well um, in some of their kind of political efforts, if you will, leading up to their primary elections. And then in June, once I graduated uh, from Boston University, I moved down to D.C. and took my permanent full-time position at RNC headquarters in Washington, D.C. From there, I worked uh, as a business intelligence analyst, um, which is sort of, you know, to oversimplify it, we were the final stop uh, in the data and strategy division of the RNC. So if we've got, you know, the folks that are pulling in all sorts of voter data um, and election data, uh, we've got the people that are, you know, kind of refining it, you know, putting it into our database, the people that sort of parse it out and send it to the right departments, and then there's our team that would take that data and, and put it into a visual, visualization for, you know, the various stakeholders and, and sort of do the analytics behind it on different voter blocks and different election results uh, from around the country to kind of prepare for the 2016 election. What did you do once the election was over? Once the election was over uh, in November, there's you know a little bit of post-action analysis that we do as a party every year, uh, no matter who's there, just to kind of figure you know what happened, what did we do well, what did we do wrong, and then eventually everything moves pretty quickly, and I moved over to the presidential inaugural committee, which is the committee that puts on the inauguration, uh, and I helped plan the inauguration actually for the next must have been eight weeks there, going into January. Did that ultimately lead to a position with the White House? Right. It was a few more months after January that I, the official appointment, you know, took to go through. 
But then after that, yes, it, it, did, uh, it did lead to the job at the White House. Tyler, what did you do at the White House? So I was hired as the Associate Director of Protocol and Presidential Gifts. And after six or seven months, our director left for a wonderful opportunity within the government as well. And I was actually fortunate enough to be promoted to the director of the team. What specifically did you do in that role? So there's not a ton that I can actually talk about, but, you know, think of, you know, something like like a presidential gift, for example. There's a whole multidimensional aspect of something that goes into something like a presidential gift. You know, whether it's the ethics and the disclosures that we would work with White House counsel on, the diplomatic value on, you know, do we want to be seen as accepting something like this? Do we want to be seen as displaying something like this? And then there's the political value as well as, you know, what is what is the meaning of this? What what do we actually want to do? We want to do anything with this gift, or do we want to put it in a warehouse? You know, there's also a, a historical value, I suppose, as well that we would work with the National Archives on. A lot of what we did, and a lot of what this president has done, has been historically groundbreaking, if you will. And and so we part of our job was to work with archives to make sure that we have an accurate account of a lot of things like that. So, in a nutshell, I suppose that's what I did. What was it about your experiences during the 2016 election or afterward that got you thinking you might want to attend law school? Yeah, so for me, I'm actually, it's, it's sort of funny. I'm the inverse of, of what we, you talked about in your first podcast, the, the Trump bump, right? You know, the, the 2016 election, it, it actually delayed my opportunity or my desire to go to law school. Um, I had sort of, you know, I'd looked at going to law school, you know, previous to the, prior to the election and, and for several years actually prior to the election, knowing that that's sort of what I wanted to do. But with the win uh, in 2016, I knew that, you know, given my proximity to party headquarters and some of the folks that would go on to become the heads of government, um, that I was going to be presented with some really extraordinary opportunities uh, and experiences that I definitely did not want to miss. I mean, to tie it back to the Trump bump, if you will, the the 2016 election did reaffirm my desire to go to law school. I think that there's an incredible amount of an incredible space and opportunity for lawyers uh, and the legal world to have an influence on everything from you know ballot fights at conventions to uh, obviously you know governing and writing law and policy making once you win an election. So so it absolutely and definitely did reaffirm my desire to go to law school but it did actually delay it by at least a year. You mentioned the delay. What was it that then triggered you to say, I'm in the White House, but it's time to instead go to law school? You know, for me, it, it was a really difficult decision because, you know, you're in, you're in the White House. You, you theoretically got the access, if you will. But I thought that, you know, I knew that in the long run, what I did want to do was go to law school. Um, and I'd had quite a few actually, you know, very successful mentors tell me before I took the job that, at some point, you do have to, you know, kind of keep an eye on, on what's next. It is easy to get sucked in. And I thought that another year in the White House wasn't necessarily going to further uh, my ultimate, you know, 10-, 20-year goals. Now, would I have done another year? Absolutely and gladly. But I think that, you know, sort of I got a full year and a half, basically. And given my long-term goals, I thought it was important to kind of take a step back and sort of reinvest in myself in a little bit if that makes sense. What was the reaction from White House officials and folks at the RNC to your decision to attend law school? You know, again, I, there was absolutely some surprise. Uh, I would say that there was a few folks who, who definitely did not see it coming. But by and large, everybody was very happy for me. 
I think, to everybody kind of recognizes the decision to sort of extricate yourself from an opportunity like that um, is a big one and not one that is made lightly. And so, yeah, I think everybody knows that, that it was a decision that I made that, that was the best for me at the time in, in a really positive light. So, yeah, so everybody, I think, was, was really happy. And, you know, everybody's really excited to have a reason to come visit Los Angeles, too. Are you hoping to develop certain skills that will help you as you continue on in either government work or electoral politics? You know, I, I think that's a bit, it's a bit up in the air for me. Um, obviously, I will stay quite involved in, in respect of, you know, I will absolutely still be voting in my local elections. I will absolutely you know, attend various meetings and town halls and things like that. Um, the extent to which I'm involved from a career perspective, I think I've got quite a bit I'd like to do first. I think what, what this administration really demonstrated to me is that, yeah, there's a ton of really good career folks in the government, but there's also a lot of really excellent folks that we brought in um, from the private sector that offered a, kind of a new unparalleled experience, at least for me, that I think, you know, that I really would like to develop, I think, and, and get a bit of experience in the private sector before I were to, you know, even really think about going back into the, the electoral role. Are there certain topics you're most interested in studying in law school? You know, there there are quite a few topics. You know, obviously, you know, compliance and electoral um, or election law, you know, jump to mind based on my experience alone. Um, but there's also a lot more that I'd, I'd really like to explore. Uh, I know that a lot of people kind of come in with one or two ideas of what they want to do and, and leave law school with an entirely new set of, you know, priorities and, and ideas of what kind of law they want to work in. So I'm, I'm trying to keep an open mind. Tyler, how have you been received on campus as a conservative who worked for the Trump administration? Yeah, I mean, and that's a very valid question. I mean, one that I was absolutely concerned about, and I, I didn't really know California, and, and like you said, law school sort of has a reputation. Um, but frankly, I've been absolutely and completely received with, with open arms. Every single person that I've spoken to, you know, no matter what their own personal political views are, has been genuinely curious about the experience and and, and what I've learned from it, and, you know, it's sort of, sort of actually a similar conversation that we've had. Why it brought me to law school? No, everybody has actually been fantastic. There's really been no negative blowback or anything like that. I know it is early in the semester, but are you feeling satisfied with your decision to attend law school so far? Yes, actually. Uh, completely and totally comfortable with it. I don't regret it at all. Are there any particular things that have made you feel that way? If if there had been some negative feedback or, or people truly did let their politics get in the way of their friendships, then then maybe, I think. But I think part of, you know, such a positive reception from the faculty and the students and 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 just sort of, I think, in, you know, it is, it is only a weekend. But I have started to learn, you know, and, and see some of the skills that we are going to develop as, as young lawyers. And, and they seem to be inclined in the direction that I'd like in terms of, you know, what I would like to become a better advocate. So yeah, so I, I think that for me, it's turned out to be the right decision. Tyler, thanks for your time. Wow, thanks for having me on. With that, the third episode of the DJ on the JD is complete. Thank you for listening to the Daily Journal's Legal Education Podcast. I hope you will tune in again next time.